It's not always the big things that change the world. It's the small acts of kindness that happen repeatedly over a lifetime that make the world a better place. So every week we share a story of someone like you who is doing good in the world in their own way. Welcome to Doing Good with Carmen Herbert. Hello everyone and welcome to Doing Good. Today I am so excited to have one of my oldest and dearest friends, from clear back in high school days, if you can believe it, like almost 20 years ago. (laughs) My amazing friend, Lindsay Bittner Preston. My sweet friend, Lindsay, her little daughter was diagnosed with a rare form of brain cancer and passed away last year when she was, how old was she, Linz? Five? Four four years old. She battled it bravely for several years and went into remission and then passed away. And I reached out to Lindsay because I wanted to talk about resilience and motherhood and how when the awful inevitable happens, how we get through it, how we can rely on our warrior spirits and rely on our tribe around us to get through grief and difficult things. And Lindsay, you have done this so beautifully. And Harper's journey, she has blessed literally thousands of lives. And I'm not just saying that she has blessed so many lives through her sweet, short little life. And I love to talk about Harper and about your family and, and give hope to mothers out there who are going through really difficult things in their own lives with raising their children. So Lynn, thank you so much for coming on the of podcast today. Of course, I'm so excited. So tell us a little bit about Sweet Harper, uh, just quickly about her diagnosis, how old she was, kind of the process of finding things out, and what you did when you initially heard that your daughter had a brain tumor. Right. So she was diagnosed back in 2017, and we had no idea that she had a brain tumor. She was a little bit fussy as a baby. She was like 15 months old and she just started being a little bit wobbly on her feet. So we took her in and they decided to do an MRI, which we were so grateful they did because they found a tumor um, in her brain that needed immediate operation. But it's interesting because a few months before she was diagnosed, I vividly remember being with my sisters and hanging out and talking about trials and And kind of thinking, oh, wow, I'm so lucky I don't have a big trial and a little bit of like, what will my trial be in life? Like, I wonder if something's waiting for me, like, hopefully not. But I hear of all these people having these big trials and my life was so simple and so, you know, carefree. That was literally two months before she was diagnosed. And when she was diagnosed, I felt like this is my trial. We can do this. We are going to fight this cancer, put her through treatment. Our faith will be strengthened. She will recover and she'll live a happy full life. And my faith will be, you know, check it off that I, I had the faith and we were able to make it through my trial. Yes. That didn't obviously turn out the way we had thought things didn't go the way we wanted them to, but I don't feel like my faith was shaken quite as much as you would think. I think that you can go into a trial bitter and upset, or you can go into it knowing that Heavenly Father knows what is best for you. Obviously, losing Harper didn't feel like the best thing. It still doesn't. But 
I think going through the years of treatment and her delays that came from brain surgery and other issues, the tender mercies is what got me through it. There were so many tender mercies and little things that if you could just look for those throughout the day, you're able to keep a positive attitude regardless of what you're going through. We were living in the hospital. She was going through surgeries. She was going through all of these things, but it didn't feel as bad because there was little things here and there that we were able to be grateful for. And I think that that really helped our outlook because there was other people living in the hospital going through the exact same thing as us. And they were struggling a lot more than we were. And I felt so blessed to be able to have that positive outlook. And I really contribute that to the tender mercies and having that attitude of gratitude throughout it all. And that's, that is incredible to be able to do that because my initial reaction with, with trials especially is a pushback. It's no, I don't want that. And the, of course, like the ultimate fear, like what does this mean? How is this going to look? And I almost I almost feel like it's easier for me to just know, like, what will the outcome be? Then right. I can prepare myself. It's the unknowing, like, is she going to recover and live that a happy full life? Or mm-hmm. is she going to pass away and be an angel? And yeah. it, it, you, it was the unknown for a couple of years. And so right. through, but, but you had posted so you, you, you decided to kind of use Instagram as a way to keep all of us updated and share Harper's journey and her story yeah. and her light with everyone. And that honestly impacted so many people. Her, yeah. She loved giving hugs. That yeah. was like one of her big yeah. things. Like she was the most loving little girl. And you said that she would hug the nurses. She would hug the doctors. And even after the most horrific treatments, she would reach out to others to to give them love and and to show that love. How do you think she was just born with this happy, loving, giving spirit? That was one of her missions on the earth. Oh, yes. I believe 100% that although her life was short, she reached so many people, more people than others will reach in their lifetime, you know, and she just had this spirit about her. Even if you didn't know her, there was a time when we flew to St. Jude's to get some treatment there and multiple people in the airport. We didn't know them. They didn't know us. It was just this, you know, mom and her kid in a stroller that was bald, this cute little bald baby, you know, and multiple people came up and just said, can I have a hug from your baby? And I mean, I, I know how amazing she is, but for these people to be able to spot that sweet spirit in her and be drawn uh, to it. Yes. They're people who were just drawn to her and she just loved so unapologetically anyone, everyone felt like her favorite person because she just completely loved everyone. And she, at the end, I mean, we didn't really go many places, but the hospital and the hospital was her favorite place ever. She loved to go because she would go see her friends, which were the nurses and the doctors and the people that were poking and prodding her. She loved them. She loved them. And she, she just had this light about her. And I think that that was her purpose on earth was to share Christ's love and to, I mean, her, headstone has the quote, a perfect brightness of hope because 
she just was so bright and she brought this hope to people and this happiness and she's just the epitome of Christ-like love. She truly, truly is. You have two other daughters who yeah. were older than Harper. Mm-hmm. How old were they um, when she was diagnosed? Oh, diagnosis. I think they were five and three. Five um, and three. Maybe four and two actually at that point, but they were little. And this so has been their whole life. Their whole childhood. This mm-hmm. has been their childhood. How has, how did Harper's life and her struggles and the trials you went through as a family shape your daughters? Were they ever resentful of the time you spent away from them at the hospital? Were they ever frustrated? Like Harper's taking you away. Like, because you and your sweet husband, Brett had to juggle who's flying out, who's going to the hospital, who's staying with her because you couldn't leave her. How did you balance that as a family? And how did your, your daughters deal with that? I am just in awe of their, adaptability and their resiliency. And looking back, they never once complained or even hinted to how come Harper gets all this time and we don't. They just understood that Harper needed that attention and they loved Harper. You know, they still do. And it was never a jealousy thing or fighting for attention. It was just, that's kind of all they'd known. And they kind of learn to just be in the background a little bit. And so since Harper's passed away, it's really been a goal of mine to make it so they're not, they've just been in the the backseat. You know, they've taken a backseat to Harper for so many years that now we're trying to shift that focus and let them feel that attention and that love that they deserve, which they, I'm sure that they felt that all throughout, but yes, they just did so well. And then now they have this understanding of empathy and people that are different. And Harper was in a wheelchair and had a hearing aid and didn't talk quite right and had all of these issues And they just embraced her and loved her for that. And so now they'll see other kids and say, oh my gosh, they're bald. And I'll have to kind of explain to the mom, like, they're just excited because their sister (laughs) is also bald. Yes. Instead of, you know, and there was one time when my daughter was pointing at a little boy that was different. I'm not sure what he had, but she was pointing and pointing at the zoo. And I was like, Oh, we don't point at people. And she's like, no, he has the same feeding bag as Harper has. I'm like, Oh, that's great. Like they just are so open-minded about people's differences and loving everyone, no matter what, because that's what Harper taught them. You know, that is so amazing. They, they are beautiful girls and, and they learned that I know from, from you and Brett watching watching your selfless Christ-like love and, and mm-hmm. how you took care of Harper and the way that you banded together as a family, what, what advice would you give to a family that has had a recent cancer diagnosis? How did you stay strong and say, we are in this together and not make it like this is going to crumble us instead, mm-hmm. even with the ultimate diagnosis of this is not going to get better. She will pass away from this. Stay strong together. Right. 
Well, it's funny because while we were in the thick of treatment a long time ago, I was living in the hospital. Brett was home working full-time, but also trying to take care of our two other girls. We did have a lot of help, but I did have someone tell me this cancer diagnosis is either going to strengthen your marriage or break your marriage. And you kind of have to choose which direction it's going to go. And I do think that it's a choice. And I know that there's some situations that are different and totally out of people's hands, but we just had to decide that we were going to work together on this. I was living at the hospital full time and with Harper and my husband had to pick up the slack here. And as much as things were hard for me at the hospital helping Harper. I mean, really he had a hard job as well. And just being able to recognize that your partner, your spouse is also working hard. I could have been like, I'm always the one at the hospital. I always have to deal with the medications. I'm always the one, but that was my role. And his role was taking care of the other girls and making sure everything went smoothly at home. And I think that we were able to, when she passed away, I think we banded together and were strengthened by the knowledge that we would see her again and that we were an eternal family. And it was almost like this superpower of, yes, she's gone, but we can still do this because we'll see her again. And I also feel like the hope of seeing her again is the reason why my faith has not faltered because if, if I didn't have that belief, I don't think I could make it through this. I don't think that I could go through my day, day in and day out and know that I would never, ever, ever see her again. And so that hope of eternal families and that promise that we can be together again is what helps keep my faith strong because that really is what my testimony is built on at this point. Obviously I have a testimony of all sorts of things of the gospel, but that concept of eternal families and that promise that I will see my little daughter again is what keeps my faith strong. Is my relationship always perfect with heavenly father? No, <laughs> because when their child dies, it's very hard for me. It was very hard for me to want to pray and express gratitude for my life and the things that I had when I felt like my daughter had just been taken away from me. Um, so there have been times in my life since Harper passed away where I feel like prayer was difficult. I would kneel down to pray at night and I would the words wouldn't come. The bitterness would come and the sadness that she was gone, but I wouldn't know what to say. And I think that that's important to know that my faith never wavered, even though, you know, my relationship with Heavenly Father was a little rocky and yeah. I had these different emotions. But does that mean that the gospel isn't true? Does that mean that I don't still have faith in the gospel and in eternal life? No. And I think people sometimes start having that bitterness and that struggle as a parent. Yeah. And so they automatically start doubting their faith, but I don't think they go hand in hand. You can still have your faith in your testimony and be on a little bit of a roller coaster ride, you know, with your relationship with Christ and with heavenly father and with all sorts of things. Well, and 
It's hard when you know that Jesus Christ is is capable of performing miracles. He performed so many miracles yeah. while he was on the earth. And you know, Heavenly Father is capable of taking things away. Yeah. And so how did you how did you accept the fact that, okay, this, I know you can heal my daughter. I know it's possible. And, and then, but, but I know that that might not be the path for us and for her. Right. She did go into remission Mm -hmm. and, and, and she, and her cancer was clear and you thought, okay, home free. Like we did it. Like that dream of yours. Mm -hmm. And then worst case scenario, a little while later, it came back. Right. What was that moment like when you were like, okay, maybe I'm not going to get the miracle that I want and that I feel my daughter deserves? Right. She, when she was in remission, the type of cancer that she had, if they're going to relapse, our doctor had told us it always happens within the first couple months. At this point, we were out over a year. And so we, in our minds, were clear. We were done with the cancer world. You know, we were still doing follow-up MRIs every six months, but we were done with that part of the trial of the journey. Yes. So when one of her routine MRIs cropped up with tumors in her brain and spine again, we were just in shock. It was not even in our radar that that was an option, but I do think that there, there was a conference talk a long time ago, and I don't even know who it was by but it was about, there's one thing to have faith to be healed, but to have the faith to not be healed is an even bigger thing. And so I just had to change that concept of if you have faith, you'll get your miracle. That's not always the case. You have to have faith that if you don't get your miracle, you still believe and you still have that faith and know that Heavenly Father has a plan. And that he knows what's best and he has reasons for things and that he loves Harper more than I could ever love her. And trust me, that's a lot as a mother. Yeah. And so obviously he knows what's best. I just think I had to shift that mindset because a lot of times you hear stories of people that get that miracle and they'll say, it's because I had so much faith or it's because I prayed and prayed and prayed. I got this miracle. So there were times when I would think to myself, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. What do I need to change so that we can get this miracle? I must be doing something wrong. I'm not praying enough. I'm not having enough faith. I'm not reading my scriptures enough, you know, things like that. I'm like, if I can just do everything perfect, heavenly father will grant us that miracle, but that's not always the case. And it's hard to trust and to accept the fact that not everyone gets their miracle that they're hoping for. And that doesn't mean that you're loved any less by heavenly father. It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It just means that he has a different plan for you. And when do you think you realized, okay, did you ever get to the point where you accepted it or are you still accepting that that was Harper's plan? Um, it goes either way and it really depends. It can change day to day. I feel like some days I'm completely at peace with the fact that this was her journey and her mission. I do think that she affected 
way more lives than she would have had she didn't go through her trial and her cancer and her journey. Um, so I do feel some days that that was her mission and that I'm at peace with that. But then there's other days that it's hard to wrap my mind around how a little girl dying could be the right plan. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, you hear people say everything happens for a reason, but that doesn't make sense in my mind. Right. What, what would be the reason that my innocent four-year-old daughter would have to suffer and go through everything she went through just to pass away in the end that to me, it, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. Um, that everything happens for a specific reason, but I do think heavenly father knows us and loves us and has a plan for us, whether there's a specific purpose or not. I do trust in that. And that he loves us to help us through right. whatever we're going through. And I think the the older I get and the more I learn and, and study, I, I feel like because it's the same thing, and and um, Elizabeth Smart was mm-hmm. speaking once. Of course, she was the one who was abducted when she was 14 years old from her mm-hmm. home here in Utah, and for nine months, and then was ultimately rescued. But people will say, "Oh, well, you know, it, it, everything happens for a reason." Same thing. Or she said, right. "I can't see Heavenly Father's plan in this at yeah. all." Like, but He has taken this, and. I mean, propelled her on to help rescue so many yeah. other girls and be an advocate for child and sex slavery and and right. and, and for child children that have survived kidnappings and has done so much good because of it. Right. And so that I I, I agree, Lynn. I don't know that there's a reason. I do know there's a plan and purpose, and yeah. he can take the trials and turn them good instead of this is a trial I'm giving you, you know, this is is the reason it, there's a different mindset when bad things are going to happen because of humanity and mortality, but because of the savior, he can turn any of those for our good instead of I'm giving you this because I think you deserve it or because nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves to be, nobody deserves to die an innocent child of that Mm -hmm. way and suffer in my opinion. Right. So, so, and, and this, this in fact, isn't your only experience with cancer and death. You had just lost a brother to cancer yes. yeah. very right before Harper passed away. Mm-hmm. They actually, so he had had his cancer for years and had been fighting cancer through, you know, surgery after surgery, removing tumors. And it, Harper was diagnosed in 2017. And I'm so glad my brother was still around at that time because they built this just unbreakable bond that only those going through cancer can have. So they had this cute little just bond that he was so sweet with her. They were two bald, beautiful people. I know. And yeah, he passed away in 2018 and it was hard. It was hard to lose him, but it was also when Harper passed away, such a comfort to know that her buddy was waiting for her in heaven. They had bonded here on earth. And I know that he was just waiting for her with open arms when she got up to heaven and knew that she would be, you know, taken care of. 
and tell me some of the things that your family, both your extended family and and your family did to support Brian and Harper while they were going through treatment. Yeah. So we just, I don't know, like what, what kinds of things do you mean? Like, tell us about some of the amazing fundraisers and some that you were a part of, like the big, the big bit and Lil Harps, like the races you ran and, and tell us about the people that came together to support your family going through this with, I I think about your parents a lot, that they had a son going through cancer and then a granddaughter going through the same thing. And, and, and I love your dad so much. He's actually Dr. Bittner. He's my child allergist. So we see him once a year, we get peanut testing because I have boys that are allergic to things. And so we see him and, and, and I would talk to him and how's Lindsay and how's Brian. And, and I would watch him and just like, how do you go into work every day? How do you smile for people knowing my family's going through such a hard time and see people that, maybe judgmentally you think you are so grumpy and you have nothing to be grumpy about. Like right. you have, you have no idea. And, and I think about your sweet parents and what they went through. So what, how did they kind of rally the family together and be like, guys, we're, we're, get, we're in this together. We're, we're going to get through this together. So that was yeah. a lot of questions. Fundraisers, bringing people that were not outside your family together, how did it bless their lives? And then as your mom and dad, patriarch, matriarch of your families, bringing you all together and helping you all get through this really difficult trial in your in the Bittner family. I feel like there are heavenly angels, but there are so many earthly angels as well. And we had so many people just rally around. And those that I even haven't seen in years or maybe haven't even met in person would send their love and support and would help out and do things. And just as much as our trials were so hard, I feel like a huge silver lining is that you feel so loved when you just see people just support and love you and come out from the cracks of, you know, you haven't seen people or talked to people in forever. And all of a sudden they're there and they are wanting to help in whatever way they can. And we've done a golf tournament fundraiser for Brian. When he passed away, we had told him even before he passed away, we said, we're going to hold a fundraiser, a golf tournament in your honor every year. And then when Harper passed away, we kind of joined her into it did the big bit, little harps fundraiser. And it's just amazing people's goodness. People are so willing to help and willing to give of their time and talents and money. And we did a high fit fundraiser for Harper just a few weeks ago. And it was amazing to sit back and see people just come together, happy to help, wanting to help. It was actually a fundraiser that was supposed to happen before Harper passed away. And it was going to be a fundraiser for our family because she was deep in treatment and radiation and hospital stays and But then COVID happened and then Harper passed away a few weeks later. And so we finally were able to do it just a few weeks ago around her birthday in June. And we were able to do it to raise money for a new foundation that I'm trying to get started Um, because Harper's hugs were so healing that I wanted to help heal other people. So it's called Hugs from Harper. And I'm going to allow people to give grief gifts to people that 
have lost a child like we did because it's hard. As hard as our trial was through the cancer treatment, I would take going through that all again, anytime, as opposed to living without my daughter. And so I think the gifts for people when they lose a child and people letting them know that they're thought of and that they're loved is such a big thing. It is that people notice you yeah. and they, they, and sometimes people like, I know for myself, I'm like, what do you need? And, right. and, but I hate asking that because I don't know how to answer when people ask me that, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah. I don't know what I need. I don't yeah. know. So then you end up saying we're okay. Or I don't know, mm-hmm. just pray for me. Like you're fine. But if someone just shows up at my house with like a cake and flowers, and and even if I'm like, even if it's the grossest looking cake, and the, you know, know. What I mean? it's like, it means so you much. Thought, you thought of me, and you came over, and you just brought it. Yeah, it means so much to yeah, people. Yeah, I found out a lot about service and how it should look, as opposed to how it often looks. Yes, where I was in Relief Society one day, and they were talking about service, not only serving others, but allowing people to serve you. And there was a few people that were like, I just feel like people need to be open to having people serve like, they need to tell you what to do to help them. And I don't know why they won't just say we need this and this and this. But in my mind, it's so hard. You're putting that pressure on that person. When you say, what can I do? What do you need? What do you need help with? That's just adding another stress on the person that's going through that trial because then they're like, Oh, I need to come up with something. They like really wanted me to tell them what I needed. No, yep. But anything, like you said, a gross cake, a card, uh, anything. Yep. Better than just saying, let me know if you need something. Cause guess what? I'm never going to let you know. No, they don't know. And they don't want to put that pressure on you. Yep. So anyway, I love the idea of, of hugs from Harper and grief gifts that, that people can, can donate now on Venmo, right? Hugs yes. from Harper and get that started. And that will be hopefully something that will just grow and grow within the next couple years. And I love that you have turned something so heartbreaking into something so beautiful and that you are continuing Harper's legacy through right. your, it's not just, well, that, that was awful and that's horrible. Now we'll just kind of carry on. You're like, no, we're still going to make her life matter. Right. Even now. Mm-hmm. So when I'm sure it's hard for you, I'm, I, I, I'm, I wonder if you've had people say, well, at least she's not suffering anymore. Right. Well, at least she's not. But as you stated, it's like, I would rather have my child. Right. Than, so what do you say when people, when well-meaning people, if, if there are moms out there listening and they have lost a child and people mm-hmm. say things like, at least they're with Jesus. Yes, they are, but they're not right. with me. What, what do you say to people or, or, or what advice could you give moms that hear that? How, how can you forgive someone or, or overcome that right. or say anything like, like, what do you say to people that say things like that? Well, at least she's not suffering anymore. Right. I think it's so hard because people want to say something. And I think they should, it's better to say something, anything than just ignore it or don't mention their child because you want them to continue living on their memory. And so it's better to try to say something than nothing. Yeah. Um, But people do say 
interesting things, you know, they're not sure what to say. They haven't been through it. And so yeah. they say things sometimes that are like, oh, like, I'm not sure if that's the right thing to say, but it's really just knowing that it comes from a good place. I've never gotten upset about what people say. Like sometimes you haven't. I just, I think that their heart is in the right place. They want to say something helpful. Sometimes it's helpful. Sometimes it's not, but I know it's coming from a loving place. And I think the best thing people can say when you're going through something like this is I'm so sorry. I am here for you. Don't try to compare it to a time when your pet died. Don't try to compare it to a time when, I don't know, you, I just think sometimes people try to relate, yes. which is great, but also it starts becoming like a one-up situation of like, oh, I had so-and-so and so-and-so that I knew that had this and this and this. And it's great to relate in those ways, but it's also just nice to express your empathy and your sorrow for what they're going through. Yes. I think it's important to realize, and this has helped me a lot, is that my trial is very visible. People know about Harper. People love Harper. People know our story. My Instagram is full of her story. It was more therapeutic for me to write it out like that. But I don't think my trial is any harder than what other people are going through. My trial is my trial and someone else's trial is their own. And I don't think it's healthy to compare. It would be very easy, I think, for me to sit back and be like, why are you complaining? Your life is perfect. You didn't yeah. lose a child. Or feeling like, oh, why are they complaining? Their child broke their arm. They're in the hospital for two days. Like, whoop de doo That's yeah. not at all the right mindset to have because then you start feeling bitter you start distancing yourself from people because you don't feel like you relate, but you don't know what people are going through. You don't know how certain trials are making them feel or what they might be experiencing behind closed doors. You don't know. Yes. My daughter went through cancer treatment and we had to deal with her passing away. And obviously that was super difficult, but someone else may be dealing with an abusive relationship. Someone else may be dealing with a wayward child. Someone else may be dealing with a drug addiction. You just don't know. There's a lot of trials that are not as openly acknowledged and public. Right. I think it's very important to always remember that, that yes, you're going through something, but so is everybody else. And Heavenly Father made all of our journeys so different, but does it mean that one is easier or harder than the other? No, I just think... I don't know. I just think you need to be aware that what you're going through is not necessarily, I don't know, a bigger thing than other people's. I'm just in awe of your spiritual maturity. Like it, it, it really does. It really does speak so much about you that instead of being bitter or frustrated, you're like, well, they're going through difficult things too. And I truly can't imagine anything more difficult than losing a child. So I hear that and I'm like, no, <laughs> someone's trial of getting in a car crash and ruining their brand new Porsche. No, that's not a trial, but you yeah. know what I mean? But, but it is true that we, it, the only person that knows our hearts is the savior. Mm -hmm. The only one that can judge. And with the endless lessons Harper has taught, like empathy and love and 
understanding and compassion means so many beautiful lessons that is now embedded and woven into the fabric of your family that will keep with you forever and that you have used to bless other people's lives so much. So tell me, tell me one of the most, the biggest blessings or, or one of the most positive things that, that you want to carry on from, from Harper's life and personality that you want to give now and pay it forward to others. I just think her, and we kind of talked about this before, but her spirit of loving everyone, her ability to just make each person feel like her whole world. She would sit with our family, extended family, and she would go from one person to the next and ask them for a hug specifically and individually and say their name and say hug. And she just had a way of making you feel like the most important person in the room. And I just think that's so important to give people that love and to show people Christ-like love, which is unbiased and unrelenting. And it doesn't come and go. It doesn't depend on whether, you know, you're making good choices or not, or anything. She just had the spirit about her and I just think that's so important. I just think out of anything of Christ's attributes that we should be trying to emulate, it's that love and and showing people the kindness around us. And I think that's a big part about why I try to not judge other people's trials and I want to love them and not compare. I think comparison can make it hard to show that unjudgmental love. For sure. Um, and so I think it's just so important to show everyone love. Well, I know that I only met Harper, I think two different times and it was like super brief, but I followed your, I mean, right from the beginning and so many people followed Harper's journey and, and story and everything and, and felt like we all knew her and loved her even not having known her very well, but, but I talked to my boys about Harper and I would wear her shirt sometimes to work out. And they're like, Oh, Harper shirt. And I just show them pictures and we talk about her. And even my boys who never met her, she impacted their life. And I know that her sweet little tiny life, like through her legacy, she is going to continue to impact other people. And just those, the lessons that she taught people mm-hmm. um like what a what a beautiful beautiful legacy to live or or to leave in life is 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 just that like un unbridled like just yes. that like complete one like i love you and and to teach your children and and your daughters have that same like we love you and 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 we you're important and you matter and that they're going to carry that spirit on into their own homes in the future. And Harper will just continue to bless lives. So, so tell us again, what um, the foundation is called and how people can donate now if they would like to contribute to Harper's legacy. So it's called hugs from Harper. We have a Venmo for it, not the website yet, but I just decided that 
I wanted to help other people that have lost their child. Like I said, going through cancer is super hard, but losing your child, that's where my real trial began, which sounds crazy because going through cancer treatment and watching her suffer was so difficult. But when she passed away, I just realized that's when I felt so much more alone and empty. So I wanted to give people the chance to help others that have lost a child. I had a lot of people... I've had a lot of people text me or call me and say, Hey, so-and-so is going through this or lost their child. What do you think I should do? Like what kind of gifts were helpful? What kind of was helpful? And so I thought this would be a great way. It's called hugs from Harper because Harper's hugs were so healing. And so I wanted to give people the chance to send a healing gift to someone that has lost a child. So essentially what would happen was they would go to this website and enter this person's information in and a gift would be sent to the person that had lost a child. Beautiful. I love that you are doing that and 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 providing a way for people to serve others and for others to feel love and served when when they're going through that. And again, like if 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 you're going through that in your own family or you know someone that is, like Lindsay said, the most important thing is just reach out. Just just right be there, just yeah. reach out to them. It doesn't matter even if it is something awkward or it's a weird gift or right. whatever it is. Like it's just that you just want to feel like I'm not alone. And, and like you said earlier, Lindsay, I think that I completely believe in both heavenly and earthly angels and that yeah. so many times, and it's a quote, and I always forget the, the apostle who said it. I think it was actually president Nelson when he was an apostle, but I think, I think he said, heavenly father does notice us and he does care about us, but it is all, but it is often or usually through another person that he meets our needs. Right. And and if someone is praying, please bless, I'll be noticed. And someone shows up at your door, and you're like, okay, thanks, but I wanted Heavenly Father to send my grandma <laughs> to the in the form of an angel. You know, it's like, no, that was the answer to your blessing, and right. recognize those, and 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 like, what an incredible opportunity that we get to be those heavenly angels right. on right. earth. And I think it's so important others. to never dismiss a prompting, however silly it may seem um, or small it may feel to you. You don't know the kind of impact it will make on someone else. And even if you don't know what to say or do, even saying, I'm not sure what to say, but I just wanted to give you a hug or I'll get texts sometimes randomly, which is so nice because when Harper passed away the first month after that, we were so overwhelmed with love and support. And it was amazing. As time goes on, people's lives kind of go on as well. And we're left here still without our child and still feeling like life should not be going on. You know, we are still grieving. And so to get just a random text, you know, that says anything we've been thinking of you or you know, we wore our Hope for Harper shirt today or something. That just means so much because you never want to feel forgotten. And the grief yes. process doesn't last a month. You know, it continues on after that. And so never dismiss a prompting to reach out to someone that you know may be struggling, even if it's been years. You you know, it doesn't matter. It's not going to seem silly to reach out and tell them that you're thinking of them. I think that is amazing advice. One, one of my friends, um, who lost a baby, she, they were twins and one of the twins died and the other one survived in during childbirth. uh, Well, actually a little bit before she said, I, if ever I hear of one of my friends or acquaintances that has lost a child, 
I put the anniversary date of their death in my phone. And every year I text them on that day. Hi, this is Angela. I just want to let you know, I love you. And I'm thinking of you. And she's like, they may think it's weird and they may think, but it's just that like, oh, you remembered this was an important day in my life. My child went to heaven on this day. And she said, because it meant so much to me that someone remembered my child that I lost instead of like, oh, but it's been years. It's like, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so that's something she said that just a little thing that, that she's tried to do to remember people, like you said, that people go on with their lives and they, okay, well, we've given you the baskets and we've given you the gifts and we've prayed for you. And you're like, but we still don't, but we're still living with this forever. Mm -hmm. We will be living with this to continue that love and support. Yeah. So Linz, thank you so much for sharing your testimony with me of, of resilience, of, of, of trusting heavenly father. I look up to you so much. I think you're amazing. I'm so grateful that you're my friend. And and I've, we've been through so much together, like in high school and, and, and have kept in touch in the years. It's fun to, I feel like I still know what everyone's up to because of social media, Yeah, but don't really like connect as much as, as I, as I'd like to in person. But, um, I think that your story and your story and Harper's story are just beautiful manifestations of, of heavenly father's love, even through trial and tragedy. So thank you for sharing all of your insights with us today and for all the good you are doing in your daughter's name. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Doing Good with Carmen Herbert, available exclusively inside Our Turtle House. At Our Turtle House, there's something for the whole family. From full-leg talks that you can't get anywhere else from some of your favorite speakers, to fun family home evening lesson plans that follow the Come Follow Me curriculum. There's even short daily devotionals made specifically for your teens. Plus, you can get two months free when you sign up for an annual plan. Just go to OurTurtleHouse.com to get started. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you back here for another episode of Doing Good next week.